Check one, two, three. We are a go. Powercast. Well, we got something special for you guys today. On this Thanksgiving day, almost a treat. <laughs> uh, Daniel Minsky, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's, a, it's an honor. It's an honor and a pleasure. Pleasure is ours. Um, people know you from such things as the Paolo Minsky Experience. And <laughs> That's right. Coyote. The Coyote. <laughs> Um, this is Columbia Chronicles episode, sorry, Columbia Reunion episode one. And slash La Jolla Chronicles. Slash La Jolla Chronicles, yeah, it's so... A, it's a cross, cross universe. Uh, it's a good way to start it, actually, because it starts two different uh, things at once. Hmm. Um, yeah, we're here in La Jolla, it's about to rain, it's quiet. I like when around the holidays it gets quiet, people go away, I like that a lot. Nice. Do you like ASMR videos? See, I don't like that stuff. It doesn't make sense to me. People say it makes their brain tingle. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Have you heard that? Uh, I, I, I have kind of heard that. I don't quite get it either, but it is relaxing sometimes to watch. But just the way you said, like, quiet, it made me think that this might be like an ASMR podcast <laughs> slash interview. Oh, is, there, is it not recording? No, it's recording, but uh, maybe I'll do a little more gain here and see what that looks like. Yeah. yeah, just like you... Yeah, I think that's better. Yeah, like you dialing the knob could be like a... <laughs> a piece of the visual? Yeah, the ASMR. Uh, it's like comedians in cars getting coffee, but it's just... Uh... Alright, hold on, I gotta listen. We're back here, baby. So, um, we know each other for a long time. Uh, college days. Mm -hmm. uh, care to tell people how I met? Oh, uh, yes. Um, I believe I was like uh, just minding my own business. <laughs> and then my, I remember my floor mates would come up to me and be like, you know, Daniel, is, is everything okay? Like, there's this uh, Russian guy has been looking for you. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> yeah, he came and knocked on your door a few times. Uh, so yeah, it turned out uh, it was it was Pavel, and um, that's not how we met, though. Oh, that's not how we met. I'm so sorry. That that, that was... makes me sound like a crazy stalker. <laughs> and I did do that to other people, but not you. Those people I'm not friends with anymore. No, did you meet like I... the first day of some assembly? It was like some kind of stupid assembly. Yes, yes, yes. Well, and you were like, oh, your name is Pavel. That's right. I I remember the first the first assembly, the first like orientation assembly, like right after like the very first day. Uh, you and Zershi, uh, your roommate at that time. Zershi were, Lee, great radiologist out of Kaiser Permanente, Oakland, to sign up. Uh, you guys were the first two people that I met uh, at Columbia. Oh, everybody, did you not go to your room first? or? Oh, man, I don't know. It's harsh. But do, I mean, I, I might have gone to my room and met some, okay. You people guys, on your floor? Yeah, yeah. And then I, I, I met you and said, oh, what's your name? So we were, we're about to sit down on our seats. As uh, so introduce our, ourselves and say, "Oh, pa Pavel, are you Russian? Oh, okay, I'm Russian too." That's right. So that's how we met. But then um, I believe you were uh, looking for me. I did because I was like, "Oh, I met this kid, and I met this like Russian kid, and I oh. want to hang out with him." Right. And I don't know. So I knew who I knew who you were. I think when they told me, "Oh, Pavel's looking for for you." Right. Like, oh, okay, cool. Because I didn't get your contact back then. So, and I'll share this, like, back in the day, before Facebook.com, we actually oh. had physical Facebooks. 
to be able to that's, like that's you, right. you met somebody that's right that's and right. you were like oh I, you met somebody but you don't really know who they are you can look them up you can look at their face and so i love this thing and i went through it right and i and i found people oh i was at the time looking for people of my similar background because i was just kind of i wanted to i wanted that circle of people right right Why? and so at daniel Minsky, i think it showed you which what room you're in what room or what floor or something along those lines no i think it was uh, maybe you're right. It was definitely the Rome phone was on there. I yeah, and so I, I would know you're you're supposed to be on John J twelve or whatever, and I would go there looking for you, but you weren't there. And I'm like, where is this kid? Right, right. You were just bearded up, going to supermarkets, buying stuff. I don't know if I was buying that much stuff because I had that we had the, the food hall, but um, I do remember that. I remember I also had, I believe, a Kyocera flip phone. <sighs> Kyoceras, uh, that's good stuff too. Yeah, texting back in the day was harsh. Yeah, they had to pay like ten cents a text. And that's right. Yeah, and I always tried to minimize that and uh, say, you know, just roll me. I don't want to give you my number. Just roll me. <laughs> Which was an extension. <laughs> Each room in our dormitory was wired with a phone number. Oh, so good. Right, right. So you can get a good call to call. And you're always sitting in your room. You're in college, or at least I, I spent a lot of time in my room. You were right. studying and whatnot. Um. All right, so that's how we met, and then you know, eventually we find each other, and our friendship blossoms into a butterfly. We we roomated a little bit in college. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. And, well, a little uh, bit is uh, <laughs> a lot of a lot of roomating. <laughs> um, we we always had a walk through double experience. Never thank God, because I don't know how people live. It's harsh to oh, live in oh, like one room together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We always had two separate rooms. Which is nice. Right, right. The, the whole, I never shared a, a room with a, another person. Another person in college. That, was, that would be tough, yeah. How do you do private stuff, you know? It's, it's, I, yeah, just, you're supposed to just under the blankets late at night, and some people, you know, can still hear. Yeah, you hear stories. Did you wait? Oh, you always had a, you had a walkthrough with Zershio as well, right? I always had a walkthrough double, because I'm a man that really needs his privacy. Right, right. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> <laughs> um... And then, uh, yeah, we we roomated. We roomated a bunch. You're a math major. You know, so you're good at math. And you were a good at math. You got me through a couple of classes. Mm-hmm. And then one summer you went to Australia. Oh, that's right. That's one right. summer you went to, like, Italy. Like, you barely did anything, you know, just vacation all college long, basically. Oh, yeah, college <laughs> is great. It is fun times. Mm-hmm. How was Perth? Was Perth fun? Oh, beautiful city, yeah. Um, by the ocean, the most uh, isolated city in the world uh, in terms of like just distance to the nearest city with like a population greater than like 100,000 or something. It's like a you know, two-hour flight to the nearest city. But, uh, good waves, though? Uh, very good waves in certain areas, a little bit further out of Perth. But the, the, the city itself doesn't have, like just the way the beach is, uh, makes the waves a little bit harder to ride. Mm. But um, yeah, I think it's it's grown a lot since I've since I was there. And when were you there? Uh, two thousand. What class were we? Two thousand seven. So you were there like five or something. The two thousand five. Yeah. So, so it's been like fourteen years. Huh? Yeah. yeah. Okay. But it was it was a very modern, clean, nice nice city. And so you finish college, you consider a career in like uh, adult entertainment for a second. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> Well, our friend. Uh, it happened, right? Had, you were looking for an internship. Yeah, our friend. Our friend offered us an, an intern. Offered me an internship. I, uh, I wasn't good <laughs> enough. I was to be clear. 
which uh, I respectfully declined, but um, it would have been an interesting career path. Distribution of adult stuff. Production, I guess. Production. I don't, I don't oh know. boy, that's sure. awesome. Yeah, the world, that world has definitely changed recently. Right. The internet is really empowering people. Um, empowering people is a good way to put it. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta. We should make a st- pause right here. When is your next class? Oh, uh, it's. Uh, I can go on for another five minutes. <laughs> I, I feel empowered enough to do it. <laughs> um, and then you decide you want to do math, and you moved out to San Diego to do some math stuff. Like you basically Correct. get a, get a, you so you're going to graduate school and you're learning all that shit. Yes, and surfing a lot too. And surfing a lot. How was that? That was great. Great experience. Uh, um, made some great friends in grad school. Yeah. Uh, and got to go to live in San Diego. It's awesome. Uh, I didn't know San Diego existed until you were like, "Oh, I'm going to UCSD." I'm like, what does that mean? Right. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know either, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Uh, I just, uh, I applied and... I, Did you apply to a lot of Carmen PhD comments. schools? Uh, not too, too many other ones. Um, How many? Uh, five other ones. Okay. Two, UCLA, UCSD, and then uh, I think Brown, NYU, and one more possibly. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I got into UCSD. Yeah, it's so interesting. And uh, I was like, okay. And I started visiting you. This is my first introduction to San Diego, which I was like, what is this place? You, co- you go from New York where it's fucking freezing and snowing, mm-hmm. and you get here and it's like beautiful out. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, the, when they when I first came here, they took us up to the cliffs as like after uh, after like one lecture. And I was like, okay, well. <laughs> Sold. Pretty easy to convince someone when they see these uh, really majestic views of the ocean and sunset. Did you have to do like laboratory stuff? How you know how does the process work of like doing the grad school thing? Uh, in math, it's a little bit different than other uh, departments. Yeah, like it's not as much lab work. Um, you is it more independent? Like you kind yeah. of you can be by yourself. You yeah. teach classes, right? Also, as like yeah, part yeah, that, of it. That's right. Your your work is like you have to work as a teacher's assistant. So you uh, you know help. Help run the courses, help run uh, hold sections, grade stuff. Um, but in the beginning, mostly you're doing like just more advanced classes, like with homework and tests. Oh, I see. You're actually a student and you have to, for you a have while. To pass, yeah, for like two years, you have to basically study so you can pass your qualifying exams. How so? How did you do that? You don't have to study that much. No, that that was that, that was okay. not bad. Yeah, it's challenging, but that you know that's it's it's like taking any class. You have to. Uh, but then this qualifying exam is like a combination of everything at once, right? Sort of. No, no, it's kind no, of weird. no, no, no. Oh, no. it's per class too. For, for it's like a I see. It's like algebra, a chain of classes. Uh, like analysis, complex analysis. Wow. Has this like the stuff you're studying? Has that stuff been consistent through the past like hundred years, fifty years, the past ten years? Like, what I'm trying to say is, when did we reach maturity? Of like, because math has reached a certain level of maturity where a lot of stuff has been figured out. Where it's talked to you know students. When did that happen? Like, I'm sure. It oh, so the stuff that we study in the classes. Yeah. Um, I would say like in the. Um, some of it from like 1800s. Some okay. Of it, uh, uh, mo- most of it like I would say 20th century. Um, Before World War Two. Or, or really uh, throughout. Some before and throughout, yeah. So there's and been some, some and some stuff, some stuff from uh, uh, late '90s, maybe. Uh, you know, but most of it, most of it, like nineteenth uh, and 
uh, 20th century. Is the stuff and some of it uh, like today? Some, some of it even older, like some like Euler and Gauss. I think were they laid a lot of foundations to big mathematicians. Um, yeah, Euler. I mean, you can probably a whole book, a whole class just on the stuff he's learned, which is like yeah, and like some some of the stuff that these guys were thinking about is still unsolved, and like people still get insights into their work today. So it was that, and that's really cool. And and even the Greeks, like ancient Greek stuff. Is right. still like that stuff from like two, three thousand years ago that you know it still, st- still comes up and like uh, people can do new research on it. Really? Yeah, yeah. Because a lot of it is like a lot of the uh, kind of questions they asked about, uh, especially anything pertaining to like to numbers, there a lot of those questions are like very deep and very. What's deep. an example of a deep question? Oh, uh, the twin prime conjecture. What's that? So that's like um, uh, a twin prime is um, uh, a pair of primes that are two apart. So like three, five, five, seven. Okay. Uh, Eleven, thirteen. A twin prime is a pair that are two apart. Yeah. So can you think of another one? Uh, Eleven, thirteen. And after that? Uh, Seventeen, nineteen. Nice. How about after that? Uh, I don't know. I think maybe 41, 43? 41 is divisible, right? No. No, 51 is. 41, 43, yeah, okay. So so it keeps going, right? But primes, uh, their distribution, um, they kind of become a little bit more rare. They're obviously not truly random because everything is determined. Yeah. But they have this, you know, it's hard to predict when exactly a number is going to be prime, and it's a big question to... Um, to tell what's the conjecture? That is there an infinite number of them? There's a conjecture. It's like, well, it appears that they they show up next to each other quite often. Um, will it always keep happening? Because the overall primes tend to spread out. Like in the beginning, there's a bunch of them, of course, because you don't have too many numbers. Right. But later, you can and actually you you can construct pretty easily uh, a sequence of however many numbers you want that are not prime. Okay. Like you can, if you want to construct a, a, a sequence of a million numbers that are not prime, you can do that. Oh, really? Yeah, but like, but it has to. There's going to be a huge number. You can use like factorial or something. Okay. To to make uh, to do that, so there always exists a way to push primes apart, but somehow they still you'll, you'll always end up finding them together. And so they've well. still found ones that are together, like that are very large numbers. Yeah, they haven't proven that conjecture. But numerically, they can just crunch it, right? Numerically, they, they, they think it's true. They, they, they found some very large ones. I don't, I don't know how, how large. But uh, like a year ago, somebody, uh, this mathematician, Terry Tao, um, proved something kind of close to the twin prime conjecture. Mm-hmm. That um, uh, uh, there exists like an infinite number of pairs of primes that are apart by like some fixed distance not two so they're not twin primes but like there exists some distance where you can find an infinite number of primes that distance apart and we don't know what that distance is or it's, it's like i think it's like less than it's less than six or something like that oh you got really close that's crazy yeah so and it's, it was like a big result uh but it's exciting that that was a question that was posed by the uh, ancient greeks Part one, and we'll be here in a minute for part two. Yeah.
back in the hood for a very special Thanksgiving episode. Thanksgiving Eve. Thanksgiving Eve, Powell Cast, Columbia Reunion, Episode 1, uh, with Daniel Minsky, Marvinovich Minsky. Um, so you, you've just done a little math lesson, and you come back? Oh, yeah. I did a little tutoring. How was it? Uh, it was nice. W- it was, uh, what happened? Uh, what math was... lesson did you teach him? Oh, this was a younger student, like uh, elementary school. Um, just teaching the basics, like uh, percents, fractions, stuff that um, uh, all students actually, even up to high school and even college, need practice with. But um, she was just learning, the student was just kind of learning those concepts for the first time. So it's interesting teaching at that level. Um, interesting. I don't have too much experience with it, but... Uh, what you've been doing? Right? You've taught young kids. Uh, not elementary school. Who's your favorite teacher? No, who's your favorite type of student? Like um, a super intelligent, wants to like figure out hard concepts, or doesn't know what they're doing but have real potential, or do you not care? Uh, I I think uh, it's always about students who are. Um, Curious, not necessarily the, the 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 smartest students. Sometimes the smartest students are like they maybe already know it, or um, can be hard to get them excited about. Right, it. right, right. Um, but I think students who are curious to hear you talk, everyone wants to be listened to, right? So right. when you can tell that a student is engaged uh, and paying attention and, and uh, asking you cool questions and, and curious themselves to explore something right, and that ask, engages ask, you. ask you fun questions as well. Um, that's that's always pretty cool, and that could happen at any and at any level. Really, it's it's fun to see. Like from, you know, from very young students to, of course, college students as well. All right. I mean, do you think there's people that are like in their sixties and want to pick up some math? Oh yeah, yeah. I've taught some students like that too. Uh, cool. Like at a community college, you have a really wide spectrum of ages. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Yeah, well, I've met one lady who's a grandma, who um, I met her through like a sem- like a, a workshop on how to tutor other students. Yeah. And uh, yeah, she was a. Um, That's fine. You know, a grandma. I'm not sure what her career was, but she was retired, and she decided to go to Mesa College and took some completed all the math courses and then became a math tutor. She wanted to become a math tutor. Yeah, just uh, she really enjoyed it, and she enjoyed helping people. And I could tell that she would be a great math tutor because she like made it really fun, and uh, and it was kind of cool. To, like this old old lady just uh, yeah just recently, like just in probably like three or four years, got into math and and uh, did really well. Something you say that always resonates with me is people are they're afraid of math, right? Like they're kind of they're blocked because they think like, oh, I'm not going to be good at math. Right. Like it blocks them. Like right. Tell, tell, tell the audience like more about that. Like, do you see that a lot where people are, they have this relationship with math that they don't have with other things or they're just like, oh, I'm, I'm bad at math and it kind of uh, cripples them a little bit? Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, I think you've pretty much uh, uh, nailed it on the head there. That's a lot of people have that attitude. About, it's about 50-50. Like, uh, or maybe 
probably more towards the people who don't like math, but the people that I mean maybe is more skewed towards people who like math. But sure, um, uh, a lot of times I hear, "Oh, you're a math teacher." Uh, Math was my least favorite subject in school. School. That's almost always I hear that. Right? Wow. I mean, what I used to see happen all the time is like people are like, "Oh my God, you studied math. You must be so smart." Yes. I hear that, and uh, yeah. Um. So I mean, uh, that's why I always tell my students is like, uh, you know, doing math not it's not really about being like, uh, the best at it. You know, it's it's a very personal thing. Okay. Uh, it's just about not giving up, trying, trying your best on um, what you can do, and trying to grow yourself. That that's all. It's, it's kind of like uh, we have this uh, big misperception of, of math that you you're either good at it or you're not. Right. And it's I th- I tell my students it's more like kind of going to the gym. Like, yes, there's people who are uh, really fit and. And naturally have the physique, like the talent, the genius, the genetics to build muscle. There's some people, I mean that, so it's not exactly like, yes, maybe like at the track or like some, some, like some sports, some people are definitely, there's a natural talent for it. They have some really good coordination. Yeah. But I I think at a certain, like that, that's when you get to like people like Terry Tao, where it's like, they're like the Roger Federer of math. Right. Um, But for most people, it's it's like just going to the gym, like you see somebody fit, you're not like oh that guy's a world class guy in, in shape. Right, right. <laughs> it's just a guy in shape. Yeah. Like like uh, he put a lot of time in. And he's supposed to be consistent. And people have different body types, right? Right. Uh, they have to watch what they eat or whatever, and not everybody can gain muscle in the same rate. Right. But does that mean you shouldn't do push-ups because you know you're not disposed to? No, of course or, not. Or, you bit, or, still or, be or because fit. you're a little bit overweight. Now yeah. I agree. Is is is, is, that, is that directed at me? Do you think I will? Yeah, yeah, it's a little chubby, but I'm, I'm working. Oh out. no! I mean, it's you could fit the analogy. Yeah, definitely. yeah, of course. Uh, but you you would be like one of my students who uh, maybe isn't the strongest in math, right. but wants to improve, right? Yeah, and gifted at a, at a score, right? And uh, um, uh, uh, what was I going with this? Um, People, it's like an analogy, you got to do, it's not like you're good or bad at math. You have to yeah. put in the reps. Yeah, put in, and it's not about, like, you shouldn't compare yourself to somebody who's got a six-pack, right? Um, you should just try to lose a few pounds, right. get a, feel more confident about yourself. Don't compare yourself to somebody with a six-pack. So is this only relevant to people that are, like, in high school and maybe college who, like, have to do math? Or do you think it's relevant to, like, is math? I think it's relevant at all. The thing about in, math is, like... There's always going to be somebody that's a lot better than you. Yeah. Just like exercise. Of course. And and athletics. Right. Like uh, uh, like even Roger Federer, right? He's good at tennis, but there's other things that he's not the expert, like the best in, right? Right. Like there's people who are good at a lot of things, and Roger Federer is one of them. Like I'm sure he's good at soccer and other sports. Right. And he's probably even good at math and some things, right? Right. But um, you know, you can't be the best at everything. Of course. Uh, but do I need to have a basic mathematical oh. education and foundation yeah. in today's society you think is oh. that going to be helpful to me that's interesting so I tell my I, I do talk about my that calculator you know got my apps yeah I, I, I talk with my students about that um, because it's true that a lot of uh, stuff that you learn in, in math class past like middle school or even in middle school you don't really need like, you don't use it at the very least you don't unless you're it. specialized 
unless you're going to become a math teacher, you very rarely, like somebody doing law or finance or right. um, real estate, like you, I can't think of a time you really need to do like uh, find the parabola or something like that or find the roots of a parabola. Oh my god! Yeah, or, or like take uh, an integral of something. Yeah, I mean, like what? So unless you're doing like an, an engineering, a, a, unless you're doing advanced, even sometimes engineers don't even need to do that stuff. Like, right? Um, A computer does everything. Well, yeah, they like so uh, unless you're doing like some sort of advanced like data science, um, or you're some sort of researcher, right. uh, you generally don't need those those that type of math. So why are they teaching it to us? Um, it's the same reason why they started teaching like um, Plato, uh, 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 Euclidean geometry. Like you know, given start with like uh, two points and like uh, side A equals side B. Uh-huh. Show that the triangle is isosceles or something, or show that the angles con- opposite each other are congruent. It's like fundamentals of life almost. So it's like um, that. That's really nice to learn because that gives you a way to like, kind of break down logical thought. Like, did I prove everything? Like from step A to Z, okay. is everything uh, justified? Yeah. And that may, while you obviously don't need to go around in life proving things about triangles and, and quadrilaterals, uh, that way of thinking can help you mm. uh, kind of deal with lawyer type situations, legal situations, business, business problems. Um, I mean, just kind of logical based thinking. Exactly, and that's very problem solving. Problem solving, yeah. Um, the math education, I mean, I think it's not a bad thing for people to know because maybe they'll be excel at it and maybe uh, really find a passion for it, and that could lead them to pursue more advanced math. Sure. Um, but Do you think to, our math today in high school and middle school is being taught in an effective way? Would you change it somehow? Um, um, I think I would probably change it uh, to make it to, to, to increase the standards um, both for the students and for the teachers. How do you, what does it mean to increase the standards? Like just have them be able to uh, do certain kind of core skills uh, at an earlier age and be very competent in those skills. Because um, now it's like... Give us an example. Well, like uh, um, a lot of students maybe in high school are not too comfortable with the idea of logarithm. Right. Right. And that should be something that, that, that all students, kind of like in, in Russia, I feel like in, in international systems, they, they're they kind of drilled uh, to know like these core concepts. Doesn't mean that... that they fully understand them. Ideally, no, they should fully understand okay. them. It doesn't mean that they're going to become like, doesn't mean that they're smarter and they're going to become like brilliant mathematicians just because they know these really basic concepts. Right. But I think that that should be more, it's, it's kind of like um, uh, in English, everyone knows, uh, everyone is trying, is, is taught to, English is also a, a, an area where possibly uh, there's, the education could be improved. Sure. Uh, but like, I feel like, um, in English, we so teach them more, teach them more complicated fluency. concepts no. faster. Earlier on, not as, not raise even, the bar. Like you think the bar the is low. I think the bar is too low. Yeah, 
people are complaining anyway. They're like, oh, we're not getting it. It's already too much. I don't know the math. But you're saying in reality, no, you got to raise the bar. I think, I think yeah, the, the bar needs to be raised. And also, the, I think the big thing also, this is my this is my main complaint, actually. It's not necessarily the, the standards or whatever. It's the, um, uh, uh, the fact that it's bad to fail. Mm. That's really where it's like failing high school, failing high school math can be detrimental to getting into a good college. Right. Whereas, like, honestly, I would probably fail about... 70% of high school students right. that I've worked with. In terms of them actually knowing and retaining the information. Right. So I always tell my students, like, when you, especially when you get to Mesa, like, don't stress about failing because you can always retake that. It's not, it's not about... That. That's kind of the thing. It's like you have to pass. You have to get a certain right. percentage right. right. Um, otherwise, you have to repeat the class. And that's, that's, that's like, look, that's shameful or you're, you're, you're stupid. Um, but that's why it's like. It's but you really think it's big, actually you should fail so that you can take it again and actually get better versus giving it, everybody an A. It takes time to for it takes uh, different people different amounts of time to, to get the concepts and it's just like we give these people okay this is your class to take it you cannot fail. Which is. Uh, if you're gonna be pre med, you got If you fail that class, you can't be pre med. So the their, the relationship with it is not curiosity. It's more like. Life and death kind yeah, of thing. Or, yeah, in any school, it's just like... And, and then I've seen it happen with my students where it's like, okay, well, you can't add fractions, but you need to graduate high school. So we're going to put you in like the next math class. We're going to give you a C in this one, and we're going to put you in the next one, even though you still can't add fractions. <laughs> and you're like... Uh, and that's like a fundamental concept that, you know, be nice that everybody knew that. Right? And it's like, well, I'm thinking like, you know, maybe just give him a little more time with fractions. Like, why does he... Why does but then he's going to stay one more year in high school. But that's looked at as a complete like, societal failure. Well, why not even kind of give him a pass from high school and say, you know what? He got, this, he got, he pa- he got to this level of math. Not for, not, I see students who are, aren't like, um, like being delinquent or like, you know, skipping class or anything. They're just having a hard time with, with the concept. Right. Um, and that's you know, for various reasons. And I don't, I don't feel like I feel like it's just, if you don't get that concept and you throw them into this advanced class just so that they get the pass, they're completely lost in the advanced class and they're wasting their time. Right. That's a lot of times I feel like students are just wasting their time sitting in an, on a class that they have no idea what's going on. Just to I, check I've it been off. there myself. Uh, As a student? It, it, it happens at all levels. I've been there myself uh, sitting in a class. Yeah. Even at more advanced levels, I would say it happens more, right. where you're sitting in on something, you're listening to something, and like half of it is like, uh, just scribbles on the board. Yeah. You're like, oh, okay, wait a second, I, I need to go back. Because <laughs> it built, it builds on itself. That's the beautiful part about it. Yeah, and uh, I think I think that that would be the, like. That would be the thing that uh, I would change. And I mean, I guess it, for any subject, right? Like that's what you were saying. Like it doesn't have to be math specific. Any subject should be treated as the way you describe, kind of. That's right. But math, because it can get very complex, because it builds on itself. I mean, right. I think more than English. Exactly. English also does. You need to have a good vocabulary. You need to know grammar. Sure. But I've, and, and that's the other thing with, math, with English versus math. English, you do use in your day-to-day life. So I think as students get older, they generally... St- read things read and listen more and kind of get more comfortable with language yeah. um with math you don't necessarily need to be using it in your day-to-day life 
Sponsored by Grammarly, grammar.ly, sign up. It actually makes your grammar better. My grammar is pretty bad, but uh, Grammarly is actually good. I signed up. I use it nice. when I write. And, like, it makes my writing like better. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. And it's AI, I know. That's cool. Grammarly.com slash podcast. I like it. No, no, that's good. It's good, right? If I keep, I'm going to keep sponsoring myself with these services, and eventually yeah. one of them will be like, yeah. Yeah, no, that's promoting them. And to use the use the discount code? Use a discount code, Powellcast, Grammar.ly. Powellcast 20? Powellcast 20, 20% off. And then like... <laughs> and they'll be like, what the fuck? Why is everybody just trying to put Powellcast 20 crash, into our thing? Crash their service. That's right. Um, yeah, that's interesting. This kind of concept of AI really coming in to assist us with grammar, which makes me feel like, yeah. well, I don't really need to know grammar because the AI can do it. I don't really need to know math because the AI can do my math for me. Right, right. That's why I do tell my students. So the only things that they actually need to know are the things that like usually we do on the calculator. Like just doing percents... Um, uh, basic mental math, like yeah. like two-digit numbers added together. Tips. These sort of things can actually help a lot in real life if you don't, if, without a calculator, to know how to do them. Yeah, of course. I love I love uh, multiple numbers. I always do. Yeah, just like it helps. To, like you said, tips, um, discounts, um, uh, things, all these like things in real life, like cell phone bills that they always try to kind of you know. Yeah. You pay this much, but then if you go over the data by this much, you have to pay per whatever. It's like a word problem. There, there, there are like real life situations for with word problems, so it's good to just understand that for day to day life. How many people do you have on your illegal black market T Mobile plan? Oh, there we go. <laughs> that's, that's, no, this, I think we've we've hit uh, overtime. Is that like a soccer game? Where you can just, uh, just, yeah, free <laughs> free content, like great content. Um. Well, uh, right now I think we have about eight people. These are a collection of friends. But and but family. some people, um, you know, my girlfriend's brother-in-law uh, works for T-Mobile. So, yeah. So some people migrated from my plan. Oh, so it's eight on yours plus some are on right, this right, right, mystery right. plan. And the people that are digitally with you, they have no idea that in the background right, it's a, we're it's running a, black a second box. black market. It's a black box. Yeah. It's good, right? Like, because you know, T-Mobile. I'm sure that the extra person, like, it costs their infrastructure nothing, right? Like That's right. So they can really give it to you free, but they're obviously charging up, up, you know, up the wazoo for all these services. So you have this hack of grandfathered in, family plans that have been going on for a while. Yeah, I mean, it's not a, no hack really, it's just, uh, we're just maximizing, like, what they offer. They offered, like, uh, uh, four lines for 120 plus $20 each per line, up to 10 lines total. Right. So there you go. That's like a, that's a great little math problem for people that... So what's what's the lowest uh, rate per person that you can get? What was it, 10 max? It was 10 max. So, 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 so 8 under... So, so, so no, no, so, 6 so, of, for so, 20. Yeah, so 6 for 20 is 120. So it came out to 24, I think. Yeah, two, 120 plus 120, 24. Yeah, so 24, right? So and then with like tax and whatever... So almost 30. Almost 30, exactly. No, it's still less than it was like. It was but what about your brother-in-law? He's got something even more special. I don't know. I can't divulge his. I, 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 it's it's low. His his low is like maybe ten dollars a month. Something only for an employee. That's right. And so basically, are you advocating for always trying to find a better deal and always reading the fine print? <laughs> 
I swear by the truth, by the only truth. <laughs> I feel like I gotta, I gotta take a Bible out. <laughs> Find the best deal at all times. That is what our ultimate calling it's, in life it's is. It's like my uh, Hippocratic oath. <laughs> yeah. You and your girlfriend have that in common, like the uh, the hunt of the deal. Yeah, yeah, deal hunter. Oh my god! Remember that one time? And then we gave out free phones. It was incredible. Oh, that the was Windows great. Mobile six phones or whatever. You yes. had to bring in, so they would swap any quote-unquote smartphone. That was beautiful. That's right. And you could get a really old BlackBerry for like 30 bucks. That's right. And you could it had, to, it had to be a smartphone. It had to, so BlackBerry counted. Because it had like... I can't believe BlackBerry counted either. It had to have like an LTE connection or a 3G connection. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and so you would... Yeah, the phones... Were, I used mine for a while. It was okay at best. Yeah, yeah. No, we do. Do you remember what, what it was called, that model? Um... It was, it was a Nokia? L- Lumia? Lumia, yeah. yeah it, was, yeah. it was a Windows phone because we got it with the Windows Store. Yeah, yeah it was a Windows phone, yeah. Complete it, it failure. Had, it had yeah. a cool design. Like, uh, it had this, like, angular, boxy design. Yeah. Nice, the colors popped. It was it was not a terrible, like, look, but it, you know, it didn't have enough apps. It didn't have apps. Introduced in November 2011. Uh Yep, Microsoft Lumia. And somebody, some people bought it off of us. I don't know why. I mean, it's a quote-unquote smartphone. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't bad. It wasn't too bad for, for that time. How do you think our, you know... So, like, I remember we got smartphones. We got, we got the iPhone Touches. Well, do you we remember got... our friend Mark? He purchased the, uh, like, a Palm Pilot iPad. Oh yes, that was a that was a great deal. Where this company was trying to survive the onslaught, it was it was by HP. HP. They owned Palm OS. That's right. Which was trying to do like a tablet OS. Yes. And they released this like piece of shit like tablet. Oh, it it wasn't too bad. No, it it wasn't the worst tablet. It wasn't like a spectacular tablet, yeah. but it wasn't. Uh, I wouldn't say it was a piece of shit. Tablet. Okay, but it was. But it was everything was web based. I believe it wasn't a native framework for apps. Oh, for apps, yeah, maybe that. Maybe I think that was like the big different differentiator. Like, I see. It was like when the iPhone first came out with their web store, and it was not that great. Oh, I see. Because like, it didn't give you enough native, I guess, functionality with the hardware, maybe. Yeah. But I mean, it's just tougher to compete with iPad, and so yeah, they just had a clear clearance on them for like a hundred bucks each. It was really cheap. Yeah, it was amazing. Maybe fifty bucks. It was really cheap. hard to get one too. Yeah, they sold out right away. They just liquidated all of them. It's been a while since we had a great uh, deal on that level, like free phones. Like some company going out of business and just... Uh, just like liquidating. Yeah, yeah. It's a two-player game, it feels like, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, that was kind of the, the thing with, uh, I don't know if you remember, Sidecar. Yeah, that was also very interesting. Like, the, what happens when the new market forms, there's all these players, there's all this venture money coming in. Right. It's fueling. Sidecar was the first ride-sharing car that we experienced here. That's right. And um, it was before Uber and Lyft, and it was, uh, I mean, they were giving out rides for free almost. Yeah, and then towards the end, they just, they tried a last Hail Mary, just like every ride was free. <laughs> just, <laughs> just burn the money, baby! Just Yeah, and then they just lost everything. <laughs> That's crazy. And now, yeah, it's interesting. Multi-market. So, I was going to ask, like, so technology, kind of, the phones... What are your bets? You think we're gonna? It's really hard to predict what's gonna happen in the next 10, 20, 30 years. I mean, even looking back, like society has shifted for sure. We still don't. 
as this shift happens, like we don't fully understand what's happening. But obviously, you know, for me, the phone thing has become very much like something that's a huge shift, right, in society. Everyone has a phone, smartphone across the globe have access to each other, right? It's just like the internet in your hand. Um, what, you got any predictions or thoughts on like how things are going to evolve further? Is uh, there, I mean, it's hard to say. I don't know. Yeah, no, I've I, I always enjoyed those sort of uh, thought exercises. Right. Um, uh, yeah, where, where's technology going to go? Uh, I mean, one thing I'm, I'm really excited about, and I just can't wait for it to happen, is the self-driving. That, that Do you think it's going to happen? I just read someone saying they're being optimistic. It's not going to happen. It's going to take them 20 years. Really? I read that. I mean, I, That's funny. From someone that, like, almost like a reputable AI guy. Huh. Like a machine learning vision guy. Okay. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It, it, yeah. It's, I, I think what is, I, I'm optimistic also. What's, what do you think? I mean, I think it's already here. Um, and these companies are just like I think it's just going to take a little time to like roll out and and it would help a lot if the infrastructure is a little bit better for it Um, like kind of some special tags or whatever or like lanes that are designed in a certain way like it helps a lot for them to see certain lanes or or even uh, uh, have signal points to to make sure that you don't like run a red light or something. But that's not going to happen anytime soon across the country at all, at least. So they're going to change release... can happen quite quickly. You know, you know, you never know. For like painting highways, you mean? Yeah, uh, making like smarter roads possibly to assist with that. Even though that's not I think necessarily needed. Not necessarily needed, but I think you could make it like you can go from ninety nine point nine percent safety to like another nine. Add another nine to that. You know? Crazy yeah, level safety. Um, so I I think that would be really exciting. And I think that could happen in about two years. What's the Tesla thing? Has he given us Ro- a date? A robo taxi. Yeah, they say um, by the end of this year, it should be released that it'll recognize um, stoplights and red lights, or stop signs and red and red lights, um, or, or stop signs. And uh, uh, yeah, I mean they did promise like robo taxis next year, but I think that's a little bit. Uh, Aggressive. I mean, he's saying you can just make your Tesla's go driver or do whatever you want, right? Right. But but the the idea I think is like uh, that he always says, and that I, I agree with is like it's really hard for the human mind to comprehend exponential growth. Right. Like you, we always we just can't. It feels like. You know, even if you understand what it is, like the, like, like mathematically. In, intuitively somehow it's just it's always surprising even if you know right. like what to expect so so what's the concept here of exponential growth oh just the, the rate of progress like uh, what, what it could do in what amount of time so do you think five years and, and, I, and I think what's happening is like the the popularity of the electric vehicles is just is growing because you know it it's uh, financially viable uh, viable and, and makes sense from a kind of long term proposition that uh, you don't have to pay for maintenance as much um, you don't have to pay for gas um, so self-driving I mean a lot of jobs go away trucking buses eventually not, oh, not that, immediately that, yeah uh, yeah. Self, uh, self-driving um, what else do you see how is it disrupting our society uh, I mean grocery stores can also just might because of this sort of um, autonomous technology 
uh, you know, stop existing? No, 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 not stop existing. Potentially stop existing, but also just uh, like have nobody checking out. I just read an article the other day that um, we were just uh, in Seattle. We didn't go in, but there was that Amazon store. What did you read? I, I read that uh, grocery store workers or so, some coalition representing them was upset about the autonomous <laughs> technology. And I'm like, hmm. That's well, a good sign. They're like, you know, we should protect these jobs for this part of the community. And it's important I for hate people. That concept. Yeah, go ahead. You know, it's important for people to be able to find work. Um, but I don't know if that's really an overall plus for humanity. Yeah. Like, so they, they, they could do something else. Uh, right. Uh, it's, 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 it's a tough conversation, though, because it's, some, some people do that, you know, in a job for many years. And, and now you're going to take that away from them, right? And it takes away. That, that really sucks for that person. And they feel like, what am I going to do now? I don't, I don't have the skills to go and code these robots. Right. So that, that's a really difficult transition. And um, uh, I think providing, like, educational resources... Um, Providing other opportunities could be the way to. I was listening to this uh, NPR thing, and it was like something is happening in London against Uber and black black taxis. Oh, I, 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 uh, I saw that. Yeah, I they, guess they didn't get approved or something. Yeah, their license didn't get renewed or something, so now they're getting can't like stopping working Uber, and the black right. cabs obviously are all into that. And the guy was saying, oh, you know, I love the black cabs. They're just like this, you know, they used to train for four years in all the streets and drive around. Right. And I'm like, okay, but your phone can now just tell you the best location. He, and he even admitted it in that NPR segment. He was like, yeah, I know, but they bring this, like, they know all where all the cultural things are. And they can give you, like, almost a tour guide experience as black cabs. No, drivers. that's just bullshit. Yeah. Complete bullshit. And, like, what we have this, we, we just seem to not want to embrace progress, technological progress. Oh, no, people are threatened by it. It's their livelihood. Right. So they they really hold on to that desperately. But you can't beat it. I mean, I think... And and generally, it it could put a risk to an economy if a lot of people are put out of their livelihood. Right. Right. It's like, what are these people going to do? Who's going to support them now? What's their role? So what is the impact of the self-driving that you would like get? Is it, I mean, yes, these jobs, what else do you... Well, I think it's going to be huge... Oh, there's two things that... that uh, it's going to change some jobs for sure. Um, like drivers. Yeah. Uber drivers will potentially cease to exist. Um, truck drivers or whatever, bus drivers. Um, but more than that, it's going to create uh, a huge amount of free time for society. Right. To do what? Consume content. Consume content and, and get more ads and buy more shit. Right. You know, now you're going to sit there and just watch more YouTube than you already do. In, on but your potentially, way and the cool thing is though, some people will use that time to be, a, productive. to be productive. <laughs> and that's what we're counting on. But I think most people, some people use that time to be productive to sell to the other people who are consuming <laughs> productive stuff. Oh, man. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I could see it like a big, you know, just cars where you, you have drinks, you have music, you know, you, it's like almost, it could be a coffee shop. Yeah. Like if I am in a comfortable or thing, that's driving own, me you down You can even to own your car, right? And now, now you just have your commute. It's people still like, even though telecommuting is really cool, and that could be, that could be changed with uh, VR maybe, but 
I don't know that. VR, you're not sure when that's gonna come. VR, out. it's been around for a long time. They always talk about it, and it's getting better and better. Still not there though. But still not quite there yet. Yeah. That that one, I don't know when it's gonna come. Um, Maybe it's exponential. Our oh, friend Jay Wag, he's I think into VR now. Yeah, yeah. Jonathan Wagner, the uh, Time Hop founder and Snapchat ex employee. Yeah, I think. Um, Columbia reunion episode one. <laughs> Oh, he's on it. No, I haven't. He hasn't gone on the podcast, but we should bring him on to the uh, Columbia Reunion show. Yeah, that would be great. Um, that would be great. I don't think these people will join us. Why not? Do you think people will just join this podcast, Nilly Willy, and come on? We got some good ones. You can just talk yeah, to you Marco. could. Uh, yeah, and then you can um, advertise it on uh, what's his name? The Columbia uh, Alumni. Yeah, the Alumni uh, Magazine. That would be, and then people will listen. Cheat. Right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> David Chase should come on with his Travel Five website. Yeah, that that would be cool. All right, well, that's just because because it's it, it it is neat and kind of nostalgic to see to, what to, to see doing. those updates. Like a, it's fun to read. Like oh, so and so got married or whatever. Um, I could be that could be my whole career. Columbia Union <laughs> podcast. <laughs> you never know. Uh, alumni. Well, not just for you. How about alumni podcasts? Alumni podcasts, and then you like, just. Have, have a guy that's interviewing all this but the problem is the audience is always limited but not really because a lot of people want to hear what Marco has to say as an example well the audience is limited but what if you created a podcast for like your podcast podcast for Colombia is limited but but what if you made a nice platform for you know you have to log in with your Colombia email say what year you are and then you can participate and like uh, once a week Somebody random gets selected, or two people random get selected, or two a pair of friends can 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 do like a little podcast, and then they share it with everyone, like what they've been up to, what thoughts they've been having. Uh, and you know, bring it back into that small community. I think that's yeah, I, that would be something I I would listen to like alumni and fellow classmates talk uh, for like half an hour about some random stuff and just see how they're doing, and and I think that would also create a lot of engagement because. People would want to reconnect with older friends. It's true. And they were selling fucking ads, baby. I mean, yeah, I guess, yeah, well, okay. I think build it and then if they use it, then, then you can figure out. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Cause do we, you know that? I mean, do you know the app? Why can't it just be your UT Austin alumni episodes? I guess you're saying it'd be nice to. Yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah. Self-driving technology is well, coming. Well, because, you know, I haven't... It's kind of like, you know, how Facebook changed the Facebook. Sure. Right? Like, the alumni magazine, I don't... Like, there's there's not really a good... Like, Facebook is okay for... We do have an alumni website that no one goes to as well. That, that's right. That's right. There is, I think, a... I still, I still feel this connection to my alma mater. And I still... Of yeah, course. It still places yeah, a, a, you know, I think a lot of people do. I mean, I sure. People, yeah, yeah. You're saying there hasn't been a really technological disruption. Like, I've kept in touch with, like, a few uh, core friends. And I didn't have too many friends. But uh, I would still be interested to hear what people are doing. Like, you know, some of our classmates are People doing, will want to know what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. Um, uh, you know, it's always cool to hear what people are up to. Uh, just, like, just like the little updates. That, that's all. Keep it, like, very low-key. Um, and uh, how many kids do you have? Like stuff like that. Exactly. Like uh, 
you know, just got married. It used to be a lot of marriage things that I'm, but it's probably dried out now. Right. Maybe not. What What do you think? What What technologies are you excited for? Um, definitely the self driving. Uh, you know, it's interesting. Like, I just feel like the phone existed for a long time mm-hmm. before we all got really sucked into like social media and Instagrams and the, the Twitters and all these platforms and not TikTok. Um. So I think there's things that we are just that we don't quite know we're gonna be doing on the phone, but we're gonna keep doing it. That doesn't really make sense, but so well, I like I, a new a new app yeah, or a new way of yeah, interacting. A new way of interacting an app that it's, I think it will always evolve. Like you know, Snapchat was hot. You know, it's not as hot now. But the the um, something the snaps else. are still hot. Even though, like, there could be on Instagram, right? Like, that instant sharing without, right, that without concept. That, that, the temporary sharing concept. Uh, is even YouTube has those stories. Now. Yeah, so it was a brilliant concept, and yeah, it was like so concept. engaging and and uh, you know ephemeral messaging or whatever. Yeah. It was really nice. Yeah, they're gonna come back. Uh, so, and so now everybody has it, right? Mm-hmm. Just like, just like, uh, just like the comment section, right? Yeah, the yeah, comment yeah. section uh, took some time, but now every, everything has a comment section, and it also can you know need some fine tuning or whatever as well. Yeah, I mean other technologies. This concept of AI, just like you know, so oh AI, yeah. I don't know. That's a beautiful one. Everybody wants that AGI, that kind of general intelligence, and I think that one is just really hard to predict what exactly is going to happen. Hmm. Mm. It's going to pick up on the mic here. Got you, guys. That's easy. Um, yeah, so you know, I'm excited for, I think, the you know brain interface, like whatever they're trying to do, Neuralink. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They can crack that. I think that's, that's really the ticket to something cool. Right. Like, instead of actually looking at it like an eyes process or a hearing process, somehow you have a direct connection to the brain. I think that that would revolutionize yeah. our whole existence. I agree. I think that, that that's something that I'm excited for in 20 years to see what's going to happen. Right. At 20 is maybe, and it could be 100. Yeah, that's right. This is like very early stage. But the people are making progress with it. It's, it's, yeah. it's pretty cool. Why, as a technology guy, why do you choose to use like three generations old iPhone? Oh, I mean, I can still appreciate and enjoy the latest technology without having to, like, own it, right? Okay. Like I, Do you feel I, like it's more reliable because it's older? No, no, no. Uh, I mean, just the cost thing, like, uh, the value, I don't, get too much, I don't get too much value for out of paying uh, $1,000 for a new phone when my latest phone, my current phone, does almost everything that I wanted to do. It's actually, phones have become a lot like laptops, like you can upgrade like the year to year nowadays the laptops definitely evolve and and um they have new form factors and definitely gets faster year to year yeah but i actually have a laptop from like 10 years ago that runs the internet watches youtube ph everything everything that's all you really need and uh it does email uh you could you know it's 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 so fast. It was so fast then. It's ridiculous how fast it is now. Um, but the application for me, like, there's, back in the day, I would always upgrade whenever I would, like, run into 
stuttering or like some sort of like um, wall. Right. Uh, but now it's kind of not there anymore. But now that wall is just harder to reach. Now, like, yes, it might run into the next thing is like VR and 8K. Like, yeah, I probably won't be able to process that on my computer, but I probably won't have a computer for processing VR. I'm probably going to have some crazy headset for that. Right. Right. But that's when it was like when HD was coming out and like, like now it's 4K and a lot of things like the, the visual, the visual difference between 4K and HD on a, some, some screens is um, maybe harder to see. So it's not like it, mm. like it downgrades it. Uh, but even a lot of computers are, from just a few years ago are, are capable of running 4K stuff. So. I was trying to play some 4K. It was really hard compressed on my Mac Mini and it, it stuttered. So oh, I see. There I've reached a wall that I need to overcome now. Exactly. Or the worst is when it's not really a um, actual like technological wall, but a, uh, a, hard, a hardware wall, but a software wall. That's the worst. They did it on purpose. So no, I don't know if they, they, they don't like... Yeah, some people say that it's like forced obsolescence or whatever, but uh, I think it's just because they don't want to support older machines. They, they want to make sure it runs right, on the latest machine. and greatest, right. and they don't want to deal like it's only it's too much work to support of all course, those machines. machines. You know, I don't know. So when when apps that you like stop updating and like the new one updates and it says you need to update your iOS and you can't because your phone is too old. Yeah, that's all. Then, then you're like off. Oh, well, I guess now you got me. You can cuss all this. There's two segments on this podcast: hot tips and uh, teleportation transform uh, teleportation transportation with uh, sponsored by Elon Musk. Oh, okay. So I don't. Do you uh, do you know what those segments are? No. So hot tips is just any tips that you want to give to the audience about anything. It could, it could be. It could be. This is a very delicious chocolate you should buy or listen to this song or buy this stock or uh it's any any tip that people you know learn more math or watch this show oh yeah okay so any hot tip hot tip um i'll give you a shout out to my favorite youtube channel uh three three blue one brown um just uh really is that all letters uh three is a number and blue is a word one is a number what does that refer to I don't actually... He explained it one time. Maybe it was a math problem, like okay. three blue... What kind of, what kind of channel is this? Uh, it's a math YouTube channel. For uh, all audiences? For all audiences. Um, some some of the concepts are a bit kind of uh, more, more advanced, but um, he's a, a you know, mathematician, fairly young, who just... Uh, he went to the Han Academy. He worked briefly after he started making videos. The Khan Academy offered him a role there, and two point two point seven million subscribers. Yeah, I was That's a fan lot. of his from like a hundred thousand or something. I thought I always thought he was a self-made a, Python library. That's impressive. Yeah, his his visualizations and the way he explains concepts are really nice and intuitive, and has he's helped a lot of my students. Like, anytime students of mine are struggling with calculus or linear algebra, I always. Uh, Point them towards these. Uh, suggest those. Yeah, it's like a. All right, here her first, folks. Uh, YouTube channel three blue one brown three blue one brown dot com sponsored by Pavel Podcast. 
That's a hot tip, baby. All right, I'll check it out. I mean, sometimes math is fun, right? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's got, like, uh, one thing that's popular is, like, you can learn a little bit about Bitcoin on his... Uh, he talks about the math of Bitcoin there. Um, he's got but his, his interesting other haircut. Is, Looks like a nice guy. Yeah. Well, so, is that... Is that's, that a, that's a great hot tip. Okay. And then the uh, teleportation transfer, transformation... No, sorry. You know, it's a teleportation transformation transportation continue so Elon Musk nice guy let me this is a very experimental device and basically I gotta I got put this thing in press the button and anywhere and anywhere we want for like the next five minutes we can teleport there and like in any place in time and as you describe it we'll, we'll really in, see in, it in time or both it's time we actually space. are yeah we yeah come on we'll, we'll full, full time travel you know we're there it's an immersive experience, and we, and we flash back. Can we interact with the past? We can't. Okay. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> I mean, listen, I mean, it's not my device. It's only you know, on my schedule. It's not God. I mean, he'll get there. He'll get there. Uh, where, where would I go to? Yeah, where do you want to go? Or what do you want to share with us? Any particular thing that you've been to that you think was pretty cool? Well, if I teleported, I would have to leave the present. But I'm quite enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's good. That's good. I, I, yeah. Uh, where could we go? Um, you know, I don't know about revisiting the past. I think it's uh, you can you, ha- you can always do that in your in your memories. Right. But could go somewhere new. If we go somewhere in the present, can we? Yeah. We can interact, right? We're not sure. Just like sure. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Where could we go in the present right now? I mean. It's, that's the thing. It's really hard to leave San Diego. It's raining here now. But if you have a teleportation machine, that's... Okay, I mean, I've always wanted to see um, pyramids. That, that would the, be the pyramids of Giza. Yeah, yeah, pyramids. So what that, what's that like? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's got to be a play. It's using your... It actually uses your memories to get us there. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh. I think you're getting it now. So it, it locks it into genetic memory codes. Oh, it's like Assassin's Creed. And then it kind of takes us there. It can take us to a place you've been, and it can take us there in the present. But nowhere I've never been. Because then we really wouldn't be able to listen to any description of the place, which oh, that's is the fun part for our podcast. Oh, got it. Real <laughs> honey. Beep, beep, beep. All right, all right. Let's see, where could I... I mean, you've been to a lot of places. Oh, yeah, I, I think one of the most beautiful places that I saw was Capri. Let's that, talk about... Oh, Capri. So, I, I was a TV show I used to watch about it. It's, a, it's in Italy, yes? Yeah, it's a little island in Italy. Um, All right, here we are. Yeah. Wow, that's gorgeous. Right? Talk to me about it. I just like... Uh, imagine, How many people live there? I don't know. How do you that's get there? Fairly small you island. No. You take a boat from Naples... Okay. Like a ferry, maybe hour, two hour boat. Okay. I think maybe an hour. Um, and there's just like a cliff that's an island with a huge like mountain, uh-huh. lots of like cliffs that just juts out. It has a mountain in the middle. Yeah, it's just like a huge mountain. Cool. And it's like a, or like a big jagged like cliff thing. Okay. And there's there's like beautiful houses and windy roads and everything. Um, and then there's like some beaches, like in, like little coves that have little beaches. Like and this is on the Mediterranean. That's right. Um, yeah. There's like caves there. 
There's some cave, underwater caves that you can swim in. Did you do that? Yeah, yeah. How was that like? Oh, it was amazing. What do you see? I think it was just cool. I kind of went there uh, without any plan um, just to see what it's like because uh, it's a pretty small place. Did you stay there? Uh, I did. I stayed stayed one night there. Um, nice food. Good food? And Yeah, good, good seafood. Yeah, everywhere in Italy, really good food. Um, but just when you walk there, like you see uh, some old um, king or emperor uh, had a had a mansion there, or had a villa that's just spectacular, like an an original baller. Original, you know. Yeah, Tiberius. Can, Tiberius, yeah. Is can, a Roman palace villa. Yovis, Villa of Jupiter, is a Roman palace on Capri, South Italy, built by Emperor Tiberius, completed in AD 27. Yeah, it's like... He mainly ruled from there, so if he picked of all his empire that place, that's a good sign. I mean, you look at that place and it's like, he's on the top of the mountain overlooking the sea and the island and everything. Right. It's like, wow. It's something special when you Did go there. Did you go there? Can you go there? Yeah, no? you can go there. So it's like a museum thing. or Yeah, check it out. That's pretty impressive. Wow, that's beautiful. All right, we're running out of juice. <laughs> Let's go back. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank God we're in the way. Beautiful place, San Diego. Any questions for me? Did I get the job? <laughs> <laughs> You're hired. Do you want to be a co-host for the Columbia Reunion? I think I think people like you. Like That could give us a little more edge in getting more guests on. Sure. Who Who likes me? <laughs> You know, people, they don't know you very well. Yeah, who knows, who knows you? <laughs> no, they'd be, oh, Minsky from college. Yeah, yeah, okay, no, went nice. yeah, yeah. I think, you know, do you think we can still carry some, we've still Paul got Minsky some. experience? Yeah, Paul Minsky experience. <laughs> hey, yeah. <laughs> we were from that party where we gave out, like, a lot of vodka to people. Oh, and, uh... what a great time. Yeah, we used to. Now we do podcasts. <laughs> we're back, baby. <laughs> yeah, we'll be bad. Yeah, I would be honored to uh, be a co-host. The honor would be all yours. <laughs> <laughs> and we would, how would it be remote? We would have people like Skype in or yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's we're not gonna travel somewhere just to do a podcast. Well, we have a machine. <laughs> <laughs> that can only take us there for a few minutes. We need oh, a whole hour. Yeah, it runs out of juice pretty quickly. I give him the feedback. Yeah, no, I think that'd be fun. Yeah, I use the Anchor app. Um, parting words for our friends. I hope everyone has a really healthy and happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. We didn't even have any happy hour beverages today, so that's a new one. You know, I have done that before, but it's it's good. Um, I think we're good. Yeah. Thanks for joining. Happy Thanksgiving.